1: Lips like sugar, mm-hmm. yep. Yep. Sugar, sugar kisses.
0: <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by Cinema
2: All right, everybody, welcome to the Suncast. This is Chris Atkinson from Cinema Cins. joined as always by the voice of Cinema Sins, Jeremy Scott. Hey, ho, hey, mm-hmm, ho. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and Ooh. from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share.
3: Top of the morning to ya. Oh, I took my hip hop vibe and made it uh, Irish. There's hip hop mm-hmm. in Ireland okay sure no mm-hmm. i agree with that mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> top of the morning yep. to you is actually the name of the longest running number one hip-hop song in ireland that's yep. true Yep, that's true yep, it's For crazy the last
2: 30 years yeah um true. well it's been a couple of weeks guys i'm sure we're pissed off about something
3: i feel like i'm taking crazy pills i'm as mad as hell
1: you've never seen me very upset lord jesus lord jesus
2: I'll, I'll start I'll start us off. Um uh I've 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 complained about the IMDb a, a bunch. Um but I don't think I've ever ranted about it. Um first off, we should you should know that I think the IMDb is the best resource for any kind of uh, movie knowledge that you want to you want to get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you want to look up who's in a movie, when it came out, all the different, you know, aspects of the movie, all the little technical aspects of it. What company did it? All these different things that you want to find out a movie, you can find it out on the IMDb.
1: Mm, mm. The
2: the biggest problem with the IMDb now, and I didn't really notice this when I first got on it, which was probably back in the mid nineties was the first time I got on the wow. IMDb. Um, I don't I don't know if this was something they gradually started doing or what, but I, I you know, the the seed of this rant I think started. When we were doing the, uh, we were we were going over people who had died and in, uh, in one of the episodes, and Jonathan Demme came up, mm. and you know you're trying to figure out, okay, what are the movies Jonathan Demme directed? So you go to his director uh, list, and it shows everything that guy has ever directed in his life. It shows his music videos. Of course, he did a lot of stuff with the Talking of, Heads. Yeah, so. It shows a lot of that. It shows and it, and and the other things that they throw in there on the IMDb on a director thing is if you did a video short, if you did a commercial that was like a minute long and it and it had a like a marketing campaign behind it, like those old BMW commercials with Clive Owen or whatever, yes. which I think <laughs> um, uh, Guy Ritchie did those, um, ah. and uh, and it'll show you every little thing. It's it we we live in twenty twenty one now. Where there's so many different content, uh, uh, you know, avenues out there, they need to separate these things in the IMDb. They need Hell to make, yeah. they need to make movie director, music director, commercial director, and whatever else director, um, a separate thing. Because when I want to go to when I talk about Jonathan Demi. I'm probably not going to be talking about his talking heads video videos, unless I'm on a music program and I want to talk about music videos that they did or whatever. Uh, I know that parsing something like as huge as the IMDB is a major undertaking. I don't know why they can't just send out a flyer to everybody saying, Hey, if you have a page on the IMDB, uh, maybe separate your music director credits and blah, 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 blah. And whoever doesn't do that, they just, someone goes in and kind of like, you know, as a project, start separating them. Um, the other thing that they do that I don't like is they will put the year, the first time somebody ever watched the movie, that's the year they say the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And to <clears throat> me, that's in, that's in, co- incredibly incorrect. <laughs> To
0: me, (laughs) just because
2: some some people watched it at you know the Alpine Music and Fun Festival in night in two thousand four or whatever doesn't make it you know two thousand four movie. It has to be at a theater where people can buy the tickets, or it's got to be you know it came out on Netflix on this day. It came out on whatever streaming service or whatever. There's too many times where people think that a certain, you know, this is not important. I know it's not important, but there's too many times people think there's a movie that came out in this one year and it didn't come out that year. It came out on, on some festival. Like I had an argument, not not a heated argument, but an argument about when crash came out with somebody once Hmm. I said, I remember that movie coming out in may of 2005 I remember it. I remember building it. I remember watching it. It came out in May two thousand five. He's like, No, it came out in two thousand four. Came out in two thousand four. Sure enough, if you go to the IMDB, it says two thousand four. And I'm like I, I was in I, I looked it up in front of him and I was like, Okay, look, look. It says two thousand four on the IMDB. Okay. But but and I don't know which festival it was, but I think it was like Tell or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It's always it Tell came, you
3: ride. Yeah, it
2: came out it came out one day in two thousand four and never played again until May two thousand five. <laughs> and that may and then the it won Best Picture of two thousand five in two thousand six if you go to yeah. Google. Yeah, um, oh Jesus yeah. Which is another thing that needs to be fucking fixed.
3: Um
2: yep. the movie came out it won Best Picture of two thousand five. Too many people chagrin. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't it it can't be a 2004 movie and win the best picture 2005 there are so many things they need to clean up on this on this thing like i said it's indispensable as far as movie knowledge is concerned Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. it is it is the number one thing that i look at whenever i need to look up something on movies and i've been doing it for more than 25 years apparently um Uh, but it they need to clean this shit up so that and and the same thing goes for like actors when they're playing themselves, but they have yeah. a they have a they have a spe, a special thing where they are them they are self credits. Yeah. Sometimes they show up in that, but then then other times they don't. Uh, you look up Matthew Perry on uh, uh you know, you look up when did he like you know? Friends shows up in two thousand three, which is wrong friends should come up when he first came showed up on friends which was like 1994 yeah so you know like it, it shouldn't it shouldn't you know so there's a lot of things that they need to improve on this that i think make it a little bit more accurate and more like you know it, it, i know that it's i know that it's kind of like you know fucked up to say hey it needs to be a little bit more accurate okay i mean it's just it, it's just it doesn't that doesn't work for me but it throws i think it throws off the information that you're trying to send when you when you have little things wrong like that.
3: No, that's a good one.
0: That's a good one. Do you ever uh, edit your own your own page? Mm-hmm. Oh, no.
2: No, I've never done that, no. But I have looked at it and I'm like I'm very amused at, that somebody created a pay, an IMDb page for all that.
3: Uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Is it for uh, got the Last Castle? No, no, for
2: for cinema they have cinema on IMDb, which is another yeah. thing. I mean, probably probably if. shouldn't be on the IMDb for those videos.
0: Exactly, they've got TV sins, music video sins, our no, nostalgia right. critic one that we did. They showed so. something.
2: I think I think I've got a credit for an honest trailers on there, and I've yep. got a credit for like uh, 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 something we did for nostalgia critic. Um, and it's like
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the hey. uh, for the Justice League thing that we did. Yeah. Oh so movie like, recipes too.
2: Oh yeah, the movie recipes and like uh and it does it has everything except that last castle cameo appearance, <laughs> uncredited <Exactly>. appearance.
1: <laughs> so <laughs>
2: I'm sure Jeremy's is Jeremy's has probably got a little bit bigger uh list uh of things on there, probably some conversations with myself. Oh uh, Lord help us! Oh
3: come on, we gotta do it now. Let's oh no, Jesus, please, no God, no, fuck. <laughs> Of
2: course, there is is a famous uh, fashion designer named Jeremy Scott, so there's probably several Scott. It's true. You're you're
0: credited as a producer on Honest Trailers. Oh, that's (laughs) fucked up. Mm, They've got Sincast on there. They've got your Beast of Balor. That's Uh,
1: awesome.
0: (laughs) uh, You're the director of Everything Wrong With. That's not true.
2: Well and we and and we both produced we had we have an executive producer credit on a couple of movies. I don't think they have those on there.
0: Yeah, interesting. Movie recipes, Sincast is on there. Uh you appear as yourself yeah. in Screen Junkies movie fights.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: of course.
3: That's weird. Yeah. That's anyway. Weird. I right, like well, that rant. That's a good one. I want to rant about selfish fucking people. Selfish fucking people. Yeah. I used man. to say I used to say I used to, I like to have sayings. One of them used to be the number one problem, the root of all problems in the world is selfishness. You can trace mm. you can tell me a problem in this world and in a few short Kevin Bacon steps, I will trace it right back to mm. general selfishness. Now mm. uh, today, today the unprepared part of my rant about selfishness is these fucking gas hoarding tennessee dwelling dicks yeah this is the this is the uh. third or fourth time that i've lived in middle tennessee where fear of a gas shortage has caused a gas shortage yep and it's maddening to see not only that this is how selfish we are that oh there might be a shortage i'm gonna get mine but to see people with fucking boats in addition to their oh, super Christ. duty trucks Filling up on gas because, well, there may be a gas shortage, but I'm going to be on the lake. See you, plebs. Like, I fucking, <laughs> I never hate humanity more than when this shit happens. This is even like a, a snowstorm, and we go buy the bread and the milk. That's dumb, right? But it doesn't seem quite so selfish as a manufactured, self-fulfilling prophecy, boat gas hogging crisis in quotes makes me sick. Now let's talk about the nice people that make me sick. (laughs) People who are, in my opinion, only being so ridiculously nice because they have some selfish desire. The other day Mm -hmm. I have two examples. The other day I'm on my way into Publix to my, I come, I'm coming in from straight on to my right. Coming up the sidewalk is a woman that has to be 75 if she's a day and (laughs) we're on, the same trajectory so as a gentleman i slow and then i stop and then she stops and i say go ahead ma'am she's like no you go ahead and i was like no you go ahead she's like she's like no and i was like fine i'll go (laughs) you know what i've noticed
2: on this on this phenomenon if you didn't if you didn't bother to do that they would have raced you to get there first (laughs) But because you're being nice, they have to be nice and it's everything. Like every some... time I've been nice, that's what happens is that somebody else decides to be nice. Oh, um, and, and when every time you're like, I'm going to do this because it's my right of way or whatever it is, they are a dick to me. So, yeah,
0: yeah that's the, that's, that's the well, thing is the four way stops, right? Like, and yeah. you go on, you go on, what I just do is point. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, you go.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you go. I get out in traffic. I'm just like, (laughs) you go this way. Like, Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous. The other other example I have, which was the same day, ironically, I'm driving home with groceries, um, and I have to turn left into my driveway, right? And there's a car Mm -hmm. behind me, and there's a car coming toward me the other direction. So I slow, and I've done this dozens of times. And I put my turn signal on to let both the car behind me know I'm about to turn into this driveway and the car in front of me to know I'm not stopping for a turkey or a deer or some <laughs> stupid reason. And this truck comes toward me and stops on the other side of my driveway and waves me to turn in front of
2: it. I've never I w- seen anything like that
3: i have never seen anything like that in my life and i was like whatever you think whatever kindness you think you were paying to me fuck you dude mm-hmm. <laughs> this is messed up follow Why the goddamn rules up? of traffic
0: oh the traffic rules sure. was there anybody behind him i don't dude, know but it, there's
2: no
3: it doesn't matter there's no there's, the there's no the excuse for
2: this There's no excuse that everybody knows that if you're on the other side, you just continue going. And and especially, especially if there's nobody behind them, you know, and uh, you know, it's just, if there's nobody behind
3: you, whatever, just go, you'll be out of the way soon enough.
2: You don't have to stop.
3: (laughs) I was fucking incensed at the kindness, (laughs) 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 like, Get the fuck out of here! Let's have a society, Jesus. Yeah, there's my ramp. Oh, God. Oh wow,
0: those were good. I just have a quick one about hipsters. Oh, um, I hate mm, it. Mm, hipsters. I was reading this uh, Grub Street article um, yesterday about this. Uh, Is a bandmate of uh, Will Oldham who's a Louisville musician, and. Nothing he said. Basically, he's taking a tour of New York and saying, uh, here's where I like to go eat. Here's what what I think is good. Nothing wrong with that at all, right? I mean, nothing wrong with that at all. But this motherfucker, you could just tell that he was dripping in hipster. And I've got such a weird, complicated relationship with hipsterdom. I dabbled in hipsterdom for a while Mm -hmm. because many of my friends uh, in Louisville, Kentucky – weirdly enough, orgy uh, friends. were self-destruct. Huh? Were they orgy friends? Yeah, they were orgy <laughs> friends too. No, actually <laughs> those weren't the orgy friends. Um, <laughs> they were self-described hipsters. These are people that, uh, yeah, and you know what I'm talking about. It's the ironic mustaches. It's the the Ooh, chunky yeah. uh, eyeglasses. It's the weird haircuts. Oh, it's the complete God. inability to, to grow an actual beard.
3: Somebody listening just did a barney <laughs> Joey Jojo, come back
0: <laughs> it's, it's, oh. the, it's the skinny jeans, it's biking everywhere it's 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 loving strong beers, like making fun of people who like sports, making fun <laughs> of people who like sports and having their own language. Uh, I, I, I have hung out with these people many times for whatever reason. They're friendly to me, but they're not, I don't think they ever accepted me into their group. Uh, mm-hmm. well, totally sports. You
2: like sports. That's I like
0: sports. Fuck you. And I like, I don't know, rolling rock too. So, mm-hmm. you know, it mm-hmm. happens, but God, I, I just, and, and, and it, it doesn't get any better by the way. It doesn't, they don't grow out of it. They don't age out of it. They remain hipsters for all of their lives, whether they have, you know, uh, kids that they give weird names to or they give their kids homemade tattoos or what. I don't know what they they do when they they get older. They put
3: the decal on the back of their car for their child's elementary school. Like, like literally where I live is my status symbol. Fucking entitled bricks.
0: Fucking hipsters, man. I just can't. I can't deal with them. I don't dislike them but i can't deal with them uh oftentimes they're very nice people but they are a group unto their own and that's my story (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't know why this hipster thing just hit me but as i read that article i was like god i know this guy i i literally know 10 people like this guy that it it's it's self-importance Mm-hmm. on a different way it's just i i can't even describe it they they're they're name droppers uh but it has to be the right names they they read books but not books that you would have heard of they listen to music but not any music that you would have heard of and it's not like they're like hey i want to turn you on to this new band it's like oh you don't listen to echo and the bunny man fuck you know mm-hmm. that kind of shit oh though- yeah
3: so anyway, I don't listen but, to any bands with bunny in the title. That's just a rule of thumb. I just mm-hmm. don't. I mean, I have several weird rules, but that's one. No, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> no, that's a weird one. That's a weird one. Going to Bunny Man. Anyway, uh, they
0: yeah, came yeah, up with I'm, that
2: great song, that great song in the '80s that everybody knows, though. The,
3: that one song.
2: The, the yep. what's it called? It's called um, through the yeah through the thick and thin.
0: It's in Donnie Darko.
2: Yeah, up against the wind. The Killing Moon. Killing
1: Moon, yeah,
0: yeah. Killing oh, Moon. Oh, and then uh, yeah. Lips Like Sugar uh, was in uh, Lost in Translation.
1: Lips like sugar, mm-hmm. yep. Yep. Sugar, sugar kisses.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, fuck hipsters. I love them, but I hate them.
2: Yeah. So, uh, so, so Barrett came to us the other day, and he was, as he does, he comes to us. <laughs> I knocked on
0: your door. <laughs> yes. That's a secret knock.
2: Does a thing. Um, and uh, he, he, he was like, hey hey, what, why do we watch movies, guys? Like, I, I thought it was existential for,
1: uh,
2: at first. But he was he was really asking, you know, what is it that gets us to watch particular movies? And there are a variety of categories we've come up with as to why we watch the movies that we've watched. Um, they could be, you know, it could be an actor. It could be a director. It could be a mood. It could be a vibe. It could be a lot of different things. So mm-hmm. uh there are obviously lots of other different reasons Jeremy came up with three himself. Um I did. um and I came up with an extra one but uh nice. anyway uh who wants to start us off on all this like um why we watch movies and what why we, we watch.
0: watch. Yeah. Why? I'll I'll start. Um <clears throat> this why? this actually came to me in different ways because i was I was really wanting to watch a movie uh let's see it was Monday evening or something like that. Uh, I was really wanting to watch something, but it, you have one of those times where you're like, "I have no clue what I want to watch right now, and you scroll through Netflix or movie or Amazon or whatever Hulu uh Jeremy clicks around on his guide uh, mm-hmm. but I was just like mm-hmm. what what is it going to take for me to pull the trigger on this particular movie?" I started kind of coming up with those uh, uh, those categories, and one that I did not uh, put on there was something like a miscellaneous type of thing. I watched Friends with Benefits the other day, uh, mm. the Mila Kunis Justin Timberlake uh, movie, because it was rated R, and I did not realize that it was rated R. And I was like, maybe it's a little bit raunchier than I it's thought not. it was going to be. It's not eh, a little bit. It made it more watchable. The fact that it was rated R. Uh, and it's a weird thing. I'm not a horny teenage boy anymore, but <laughs> yeah, right. well, maybe I am. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, that's what t- tipped the scales on it. So some other things that I was uh, uh I settled on as reasons for watching movies uh are separated as such. Okay, so mood. Tron Legacy. Mm. Tron Legacy ain't even all that great. Oh <laughs> fuck you. But it's so watchable. It's so now. I'm saying it's good. It's so watchable. It is Uh, because it's it's very much a mood movie. It is a mood Um, movie. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I just I just like it like that. Same thing could be said about passengers. I don't want to steal somebody uh, else's thing though. Uh, And yeah, is there overlap between mood and vibe? Probably, but I did them separately. The vibe that i get in high fidelity is just it's a place that i want to hang out uh, mm-hmm. i want to go mm-hmm. to championship vinyl and listen to music with those fucking hipsters they're not even hipsters they're just they're just musical know-it-alls uh, they're they're right on the edge
3: collection, about- like oh that's years true. before vinyl got popular that's true like, that's true and then yes. they're talking about
2: Green Day. They have to talk about the band that's that, that <laughs> get all the recognition that Green Day does.
0: Just sticky little fingers. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So but I, I do enjoy the vibe of, of High Fidelity. Uh, another vibe movie for me is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I can put that on at any time and just be giggly and just it, it'll lift my mood immediately. Uh, it's such a unique movie.
1: Willy Wonka.
0: Um, there are some times where you'll see an ensemble of actors, and you'll be like, "Huh, I, I'm I'm good with that." Now Jeremy it happens to him all the time, <laughs> like, all the good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last uh, five years, it was made. I uh, decided to go with it. Uh, but one of the immediate ones that stood out to me, uh, based on actors in the ensemble alone, was Cradle Will Rock. Yeah, Cradle Will Rock was a 1999 movie. I think that's right. Um starring all the Cusacks. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh,
1: uh
0: Bill Murray. Susan Sarandon's in it. Uh Joan Cusack, Bill Murray, uh Emma Watson is in it. That's right. Turturro. Uh this it, it it's a movie about acting, so it's pretty amazing. Uh and I was not disappointed. I thought it was delightful. Mm-hmm. Uh so that's a good one. That's a recommend, by the way, if I haven't mentioned that before. Uh, For director, uh, hands down, the most recent example would be uh, Blade Runner 2049. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to watch everything that um, Denis Villeneuve does uh, in the future. And he's doing Dune, right?
3: Yes. Uh, Yes.
0: So even though I really have no interest in Dune, I'm going to watch Dune. Um, Same reason I didn't really love Blade Runner, but I was super interested in it because... Villanova was, was taken over. And then one of my favorite ones is morbid curiosity. And, uh, one of those was cats. Mm, the, uh, t- the Taylor Swift version, we'll call it. Taylor uh, Swift. Taylor's, <laughs> Taylor's version. <a> Taylor's <laughs> version. <Idris> Elba version. <laughs> uh, I was not rewarded for my curiosity, uh, on cats. Um, and another one is mortal combat. Uh, I decided, yeah, you know what? I don't really have any ties to this franchise, but fuck it. Let's let's throw that on there. And it was mm-hmm. fun. And yeah. last one I have is from recommendations, mostly from you guys uh, and from the listeners. Uh, the Night Comes for Us, which I probably wouldn't have seen otherwise if a million people hadn't recommended it. Uh, Pulp Fiction, my older cousin, uh, recommended it to me. I had no idea who Quentin Tarantino was. I was, what, 14 uh, when that came out. Mm-hmm. um and so really just went in blind and it was obviously amazing and my dinner with andre those mm-hmm. aforementioned hipster friends that i had in louisville sat down and they were like we're gonna play my dinner with andre and i was like what's it about it's two people having a conversation i was like mm-hmm. oh <laughs> and it was glorious it was fantastic uh so that's mine i i thought this was a fun topic
3: yeah. yeah, Chris, you or me,
2: me or you, you oh, or me. Oh, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. I, um, for, uh, for mood, and now now this is kind of a, a I don't know, th- what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Because yes. I, I watched Lady in the Water because I had to. I was working at a movie theater and I was checking the print. But I ended up coming out of that movie um thinking, oh, that wasn't that bad. I kept hearing that it was bad. And... I think there's a certain mood that you get into when you're working projection, especially at the theater that I was working at, which was basically sort of middle of the note, middle of nowhere Queens uh, at the time that this movie came out um, and watching it at midnight, nobody else in the building you have one auditorium open you watch that movie and you just you're just resting for uh, you know two hours watching a movie after you've done all this stuff for thursday night and everything and there was something about that movie that really drew me in uh as far as mood is concerned and there's something about the mood of lady in the water which is you know it's a Shyamalan tried to describe it as like a uh, uh, like a, a bedtime story or something like that
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it was it's really like perfect it was like a perfect thing for me to watch at the time um that i was i couldn't really think of much mood stuff i thought a lot of vibe stuff now i agree i agree there's a lot of things that overlap there i was trying to figure out is that more vibe or is that more <laughs> mood yeah but <laughs> but vibe crank and crank too and and sin city uh, mainly because the sin city trailer was amazing i love that sin city trailer i was so excited for that movie and i hate the movie but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um crank 2 especially in the trailer there's a i had i already i was already a lover of crank and then crank 2 (laughs) comes out and there's this it's all it's all it's like crank Two's like so you liked all that amazing bullshit in the first movie right so we're going to make it even more amazing your bullshit in this movie and there's like a part where like there's all this stuff going on and then the middle of that trailer jason statham is fucking like putting a like a something from some power grid on his tongue (laughs) and like (laughs) and and like all this electricity is going through him and everything and it's like this oh and there's like this (laughs) and uh and I was like, fuck yes, I'm watching Crank 2. There's no doubt about that shit. He's sticking his tongue on that thing, whatever that thing is. It's so weird. Um, um uh, For actors, the big short was a big one. Yeah. We had uh, Christian Bale, Brad Pitt, Steve Carell. Uh, like a never-ending cavalcade of actors in that movie.
0: Um, And Ryan Gosling almost steals it. Ryan
2: Gosling, yeah um uh it was just uh it, i mean i i probably would have watched it anyway but just the fact that they he stocked it with that many people is amazing uh for director i don't think i would have watched grindhouse if it wasn't for quentin tarantino um
0: that's a good point yeah i don't think it would.
2: wouldn't have been made without quentin tarantino and robert rodriguez um so it i mean you know without them it just doesn't exist i don't think but the the fact is it's very hard to get on to somebody's vibe that this is something like really good that I used to watch in the seventies and they don't make these movies anymore. And let's come out with something like that. Uh, It has to have somebody that has that kind of, film knowledge to get you really interested in something like grindhouse
0: did you see the whole thing like planet terror and death proof in the same yeah this is another
2: one that i watched when i was in that that theater in new york um uh, i started it at probably 11 o'clock or something at night and Ooh. it was like 3 30 wow um or whatever it was and uh and uh yeah I, wa- I i remember watching it and there were people from the theater who came in to start watching it and they were watching the planet terror thing and they're like they're like, there's another movie after this? A whole other movie? And I was like, yep. And then I was the only person who did it.
0: <laughs> and the much better movie is, is the second one, too. Yeah,
2: Death Proof is one of those. <laughs> uh, I love Death Proof a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I would never watch it without that. State Maine is another one. David Mamet. Hmm. Um, uh, I, 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 I think I probably would have watched it anyway if he had just written it. But because it's all him, written and directed by him. That was a no-brainer. And that's another one that you could say cast as well.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um was huge. Uh, for a huge. What?
0: That was Julia Stiles was uh, the the girl in mm-hmm. there, right? Yeah. And that was Like
2: Baldwin gets in the crash with and everything, yeah. yeah.
0: And that was after 10 th- Things I Hate About You, right? Was yes. it 2000 so at yeah. the same time? Okay.
3: It came uh, out like 2000. 10, it's 10,000 things I dislike about your face. <laughs> <laughs> Get it right, Barrett. <laughs> <Eric. laughs>
2: um yeah it came out around that time 2000 2001 Mm -hmm. um and uh for morbid curiosity uh hardcore henry because they were uh they were doing this uh you know uh first person perspective all the way through the movie and everything and i was i and even though everything about about it said this is probably not going to be very good and it's probably going to make you sick watching it and everything i still wanted to watch it <laughs> uh, because i'm i'm that way about the stuff i'll give you i'll give chances to anything that's trying something different and um hardcore henry i, I don't remember it being very good i remember watching i, think- it going, well, I, I made a mistake i made such a mistake
0: <laughs> i don't think anybody remembers that movie that movie came and went man it yeah it was like I don't, the gimmick and that was it
2: yeah um uh recommendation yeah a lot of recommendations from the sincast is uh the a lot of uh, what i've seen people coming on facebook and saying hey you need to watch this i don't get around to every recommendation obviously but mm. like i put spontaneous down here because that was a recommend from jeremy and i ended up mm. watching it like 2 days later but i remember working i remember w- first working at a movie theater and this was 1993 the I remember the, the people who were like two or three years older than me were like, watch Glen, Gary, Glenn Ross, watch reservoir dogs, huh. stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, uh, okay. And then, <laughs> and, and I watched them and I was like, Oh, these guys know their movies, don't they? And mm. um, so, yeah, those are a couple of other ones that are, that go on that one off the one off the menu. Um, I called it, maybe I was wrong mm. Um, over the summer. And Jeremy remembers this of 1999 the six Sense trailers were going all over they were on everything mm-hmm. and i remember all of us going man this movie looks so fucking stupid oh my god why <laughs> is this kid whispering why is this what is what is going on here and usually i'm really good about knowing what's going to be a huge hit in a, and I, I i i surrounded myself in a bubble on that one because it was, I believe either Friday or Saturday I came in. Usually I was off on Friday. So I think it was Saturday I came in and they were like, yeah, we sold out of this. Like last night we sold out on all the shows and it's, so, it's selling out again tonight. And I was like, Oh, well shit, maybe, maybe this is good. I don't know. Um, hmm. and so, uh, because of that, uh, word of mouth. And of course it got ruined for me that night, that same night. Um, uh, the, uh, i ended up watching it like the next day or, or a couple of days from there and uh, i was like oh this movie is really good oh my god <laughs> um so it was weird g- going through that whole summer going boy this piece of shit you know and, and the trailer always would you'd always have sixth sense you'd have stigmata you'd have stir of echoes and it was like all this yep. shit is the same and uh <laughs> And so that's it just hilarious. it was just a part of the uh, experience of watching trailers at that point and everything. And Aaron's probably laughing somewhere. He just he just got he like got a little like tremor in his body when he heard me say something about trailers, something negative <laughs> about trailers. Um but uh that's what um and so that's what I called a maybe I was wrong, but anyway.
0: I like uh, that uh, the the recommendation one uh there's been a couple of times where Jeremy has recommended something full-throated, and both of us just watched it right immediately. One was Mm -hmm. Locke, and one was Spontaneous, and Mm -hmm. we both loved them. So you you get a good recommender. I
2: even even snap-watched Vacation, the Ed Ed Helms vacation, I think, because of a recommendation.
3: That hurt uh, my reputation.
2: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it didn't hurt you. (laughs) Uh, I don't think it hurt your reputation. I think it's just, it's one of those movies that I can totally understand somebody getting, uh, in with like ignoring some of the bad things because there's some really funny things in there. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, that was one I was like, hey, I don't know. I don't like a lot of this, but I can see some things get getting involved in it and everything. And and you could uh, recommend this to somebody. But
3: anyway, well, I'm going to bring up an actor from that movie a little bit later on in the show. Um, Ooh, so I'm just going to articulate what I think you guys both did. And that's for mood and vibe. my answers are when I want a certain mood or vibe, this is the movie I watch. Uh, and the rest of them were all um, uh, these things finally got me to pull the trigger on a movie I might not otherwise have, have seen. Um, so for mood and vibe, I could inter- I could switch them. It's Spring Breakers and Drive.
0: Uh, and oh, I love Spring both Breakers. were
3: recommended to me as, you know, trippy, music video-y, um, experimental uh and uh, they both kind of hit that zone for me um if i want to just kind of chill the fuck out both of those movies even though there are crazy moments uh both of those movies are like yeah
1: mm-hmm. hey
3: speaking uh, of <laughs> spring breakers did you know that
0: um marlo uh is scoring a national uh 711 commercial uh mm-hmm. our buddy larouche and and Silent brigham and it was directed by harmony Corrine.
3: Which I didn't is... know who he directed it. I saw the commercial when I saw yeah. Laurent's tweet about it. I went and found the commercial and I was like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's cool. Uh, yeah. All right. So actors. So Ford v. Ferrari mm-hmm. is not a movie I would have watched had it not ultimately been for the cast. This was a This was an awards nominated movie. This was a movie everybody I know had seen and enjoyed and said I should watch. And it nothing was moving the needle for me. It sounded it sounded boring to me because mm-hmm. a lot of race car movies end up being boring. Um, and uh, I just finally gave in because Matt Damon, as we discussed last week, Matt Damon and Christian Bale are two of my most watched actors of all time. Uh, and I even I don't know, sometime around the start of CinemaSins, went on a Christian Bale run where I watched everything he ever made. Um, and so I finally broke down and watched it because of those two actors, and now I've seen it maybe 15 times. I freaking love that movie. Uh, but it was the cast that ultimately really, you know, got me to pull the trigger. Uh, Cloud Atlas is a movie <laughs> I would not have watched for even one time through, let alone three, if it wasn't the Wachowskis. Um, because at, at a minimum, everything they have done is interesting and is visually. Uh, unique um, and cloud Atlas is interesting and visually unique. And I can't, I got my <laughs> shields up or something. I not that movie cannot get through to me. Uh, people um, either love that movie or despise it. I, I, it's want, the I think weirdest I want thing. to love it, but I can't. And I'm, I think I'm done trying, but you can uh, always hate Jupiter ascending. Yeah, that's true. Um, <clears throat> morbid curiosity is the only reason I watched the house. Uh, even after Chris, had warned it on the podcast and said, This movie's not funny. Oh, the house, the uh, and Amy I've and Oller... I gone
2: to full rec-a warn or recommend on the house since I warned it.
0: That's awesome. Is that the Will Ferrell one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the horror movie House and House Two. Oh, no, no, no.
3: no <laughs> the gambling <laughs> casino in they, my basement. They
2: dropped the the on those. This oh, is the yeah, house.
3: They yeah, they did. I actually
2: I, did. You, so, what do you think of the house, by the way?
3: Me? Yeah. I only saw it one time, and what made me laugh the most, you told me, was in the trailer, where he accidentally cuts the guy's arm off instead of the handcuffs. And, and I had not seen the trailer, so I didn't see that coming. And well, that and was the only man's part that really
2: And Manzoukas coming out and saying, you better understand, you know, never do that or come back uh, again. (laughs) Manzoukas is so funny in that movie because there's a, I love the part where he's talking about how uh, people should go to the casino. And he's like, it's like, first you need to go to the parking lot of the grocery store. And he's like, now go in and shop see you're not going to an, un- <laughs> an illegal underground casino <laughs> People are in the grocery store just buying stupid shit and everything and then and, and now walk out the door and go through the woods and blah 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 and it's just uh, it, it, i don't know that movie at first i was like just sitting there just going mm, mm, oh okay mm-hmm And then now I've, I've probably watched it five times. Wow. You really, I remembered
0: you not
3: looking forward to that at all. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I very much Jeremy the house. Yes.
3: That's awesome. Uh, I also put down under morbid curiosity, Stuber. Um, Oh yeah. Just just don't. I mean, Oh, is that the Dave Batista Camel Johnny? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I literally said to myself, I like, Camel enough that'll get me through and Mm -hmm. it really didn't it's not no no
1: yeah
3: um recommendation persistent recommendation fantastic mr fox and this is credit to chris i would not have watched this movie ever had he not recommended it re-recommended it and then emphatically recommended it um and i finally watched it and it's of course delightful and i've seen it several times since Mm -hmm. um Now I started making up my own categories. Um <laughs> Drugs and Alcohol <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> are the only reason I ultimately pulled the the trigger on Dread and Lock Out, the Guy Pierce space movie that got sued for <laughs> off, escaped from LA. So the, I was this I was on a trip with my wife, and we had we were at this bed and breakfast and we had just a absolutely terrible experience like in hindsight we reckon we reckon that the owner had just reached maybe senility or like he was hostile um he was mean we were having a terrible time so uh we did some drinking and my wife went to sleep and i went out on the balcony with my laptop and my headphones and some drugs and um <laughs> i opened up netflix and i was like well this is probably good to watch when you know under the influence and i watched that dread movie which is good nice even sober but especially yeah. under the influence my god mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I followed up with lockout that guy pierce movie which <laughs> that was a awesome. double feature it was a double <laughs> feature baby back to back and it was one of the most memorable experiences of my life but uh had we not had such a bad experience and imbibed and whatnot, then I would probably never have seen either of those movies. I think I would have eventually have seen Dread. But yeah. Lockout, like most people I know, have not seen it. And no. those who have don't <laughs> like it. Um, but I adore it. Um, I finally watched About Time, the time-traveling rom-drom uh, with Donald Gleason, uh, mostly out of spite. Uh, spite was my reason for pulling the trigger mm-hmm. because my brother mm-hmm. was raving about it. And had mentioned the end kind of got to him a little emotionally. And I was like, screw you, dude. Like, I don't believe this charming little Rachel McAdams. I don't believe you. Like, you're, you have an iron curtain. That's the wrong term. Um, <laughs> you have, like, a shield of iron that protects your emotions. How is this possible? So out of spite, I watched it. And now it's one of my favorites. And every time I watch it, it makes me cry at the end. Uh, and I'm going to bring this movie up again a little bit later, too. Well, and that's finally, one that has
0: never made it through to me, even though you've raved about it many times. I can't get that glossy veneer uh, poster, like Hallmark movie type of thing out of my brain enough to pull the
3: trigger on it. But you guys both say that it's really good. So, yeah, I yeah. I will yeah. have, have to do it. I want to talk about it again here in a minute. Now, the final category, the thing that got me to pull the trigger on a movie was my boner. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I Pulling a trigger never been, and a boner. I have never been exactly a ladies' man. I've never been good with the ladies. I've never been good with particularly the strangers, like approaching strange women, even in bars where it's encouraged. Um, and uh, I was at this bar, this was in college. Of course, I'm making bad decisions at this point in my life across the board. And we went out to karaoke at some bar and there were some girls who used to go to our school, but now just lived in town. And everybody was a little, maybe two or three or four beers in, I don't know. Um, And this girl started talking about Captain Ron. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think everybody has a story where somebody absolutely raves about a movie. And when you finally watch it, not only, is it not that great? Not only do you not get it, but it is a flaming fucking turd. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I've never seen that movie. And she's like, oh, my God, you've never seen Captain Ron. And she's got her head and puts her hand on my knee. She starts raving about Captain Ron, Captain Ron. I only live three blocks from here. Let's walk to my apartment and watch Captain Ron. And I'm like, oh, shit. mm mm-hmm. When we get to her apartment, she actually puts Captain Ron in, which is great. You know, I'm not like upset about that or anything. It's literally what the plan was, even though we thought maybe some kissing would happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And mm-hmm. it's pretty clear some kissing is going to happen after we watch Captain Ron. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: There's brothers, and sisters,
3: brothers like- <laughs> and sisters, I did not make it through the movie. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I did not get any kisses. I left out of you, like you pride. I well, it was polite i said uh, it's i probably on. said i'm it's tired bad. I, oh it's so bad oh it's so bad on. that i i lost so much respect for this girl god bless her wherever she is today i didn't want my lips and her lips to meet after this i didn't want any possibility there might ever be any connection further than what we had already experienced and so I i went home what would be crazy
2: is what would be crazy is if this is the same woman that. I, Barrett and I know this one woman because we played poker. She would always talk about Captain Ron. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it would be insane if it was that same, same woman. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah. Well, the next time you see her, ask her if she ever lived in Illinois. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that'd be cr- dude, you know what if she probably did and it's still not her but it's oh. <laughs> the coincidences are gonna go for a long time on that one yeah uh,
0: i'm i'm disappointed in the power of your boner dude like i would <laughs> sit through i would sit through dr jivago if i figured oh, i was gonna get you lucky really wouldn't on. have
3: you ever seen dr jivago yes don't say that because i've seen it <laughs> and you would your boner would wilt man it could be fucking it comes back up it's functional it I wrote that soon. I, I would I would uh,
2: wager to believe that if a woman wanted to watch Doctor Zhivago with you the making out would happen a lot sooner than after the movie.
0: Well that's we the hope. that's the funny thing is that she wanted to attend to Captain Ron so much that she couldn't even make out with you during the movie. Like right. she it really a, wanted it was to was really keep about
3: focused. proselytizing this movie. It really was. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't having it. Did you and... even try
0: like to to do a move,
3: I didn't like. I had moves, dude. No, that girl <laughs> would have had to jump me. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: My no moves bad. are to
3: sit still and not fuck it up.
1: <laughs> now watch I have Captain
2: Ron' incredible desire to watch Captain Ron,
3: Andrew Cop,
0: Andrew Cop.
2: All right, everybody, it's time to talk about NordVPN.
0: North North VPN, baby. All right, listen to me, everybody here. You need a VPN, okay? You got to have it. You got to have it these days. You ever use uh, uh, public Wi-Fi? Yeah, you do. Do you ever use, uh, do you ever like leave the country? Sure, a lot Mm -hmm. of you do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you ever want to access uh, restricted content? Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You got to have a VPN for that. It's essential, Okay. Uh it it protects you, it encrypts your connection, and it's just essential. NordVPN is the the shiznet, okay? So Ooh. what you're doing when you're when you're out there, and we all know this, people are watching us, ad companies are watching us, the government is watching us, uh, um, mm-hmm. and it's easy for them to get to you, especially if you're using public Wi-Fi. So if you go to NordVPN and you download their app on your phone, on your tablet, on your laptop on your desktop, on your Commodore 64. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You will be protected. Go to NordVPN slash Syncast, and you get a a dope, dope deal, okay? Uh, You can also use the coupon code uh, Syncast. You get a two-year plan plus one additional month with a huge discount. NordVPN, baby. This is what you need. You didn't even know you needed it, but you need it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I needed it, mm-hmm. but I got it and I need it and I'm protected and I feel like I feel strong. I feel effective. Uh NordVPN.com slash syncast or use the coupon code SYNCAST. NordVPN. I'm, I'm going right now.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: anybody got any recommends warns? Speaking uh, of recommend
0: recommends. Amaze Balls. They're great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. (laughs) This is the weirdest way that I've gotten uh, to to watch a show or movie. Um, Our colleagues Aaron and Jonathan had raved about the new, newish, uh, HBO miniseries called Mayor of Easttown. Mm Mm-hmm. It has quite Kate Winslet in it. Uh, it's got Roy from The Office in it. Uh, it's got, uh, you know, other people. Um, but uh looked like a procedural. It looked like, uh, you know, everything was just like the killing. You remember the killing?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked mm-hmm. like
0: the killing. And I never really got into the killing because it seemed boring. And so, uh, so I was like, eh, maybe I'll get into it. And then Saturday Night Live does a parody sketch that I catch, of course, the next day because I never watch it live. uh, A parody sketch of Mayor of Easttown called Murder (laughs) 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 Durder. And this is one of the best parodies I've seen them do in ages, maybe back... To like the Lonely Island digital short days. Oh no! Did you uh, see
2: that uh, that one where they they did the the, the lesbian drama thing? Oh no no yeah that's right that was <laughs> that was delightful too. too.
0: But Jesus Christ, dude! It, <laughs> it it you just have to watch it. Just Google "murder dirter. and uh, it's it's all about how these people in Pennsylvania have very specific accents, so they call their that's daughters the- dirters.
3: That's the second straight Kate Winslet movie show that they've parodied mm-hmm. with oh, yeah. SNL digital shorts. I think That's Kate McKinnon has played
2: her, her quote unquote, both times as well. <laughs> it's, uh, no, she didn't every- actually. She played somebody. She played, she played somebody else in that that lesbian drama thing. Because, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they were sort of combining. Because uh, she no was longer-
0: the. Yeah, she was the only actual lesbian in there. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, but they were combining uh, Ammonite and I think a, the girl on, was it the girl Portrait on fire? Portrait of the Lady on Fire. Portrait of the Lady on Fire,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, but everybody, it, it, this show must be super easy to parody because, I mean, they just hit everything. So I watched that first. Weirdly enough, I was like, it got me curious about the actual mayor of Town. And that parody is so fucking dead on that I could not watch that show. I turned it (laughs) off after the first episode because that is exactly all it is. It's like a boring procedural where people talk funny and it's distracting and everybody's related. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Kate Winslet does have a grand dirter (laughs) in that show. (laughs) And it just did not get me. I'm sure if I had stuck around for it, I would have gotten used to it. But man, I I was burned by the... uh, Nicole Kidman, Hugh Grant, with a American accent, show that I spent way too much time on. So I am not. I am not proceeding. I got a little worried
3: murder. watching that murder dirt or spoof. I got a little worried because they said something about they even got all the food right, and I am like, I just turned in my eighties period piece Indiana murder mystery, and there are three or four different passages about Indiana specific foods from that time period. I'm mm-hmm. like, they're going to think I'm clicheing. I'm clicheing. No. Oh no. no.
2: I don't think so. I, I, I think the, I don't know. Cause you actually lived in Indiana, right? That's but did true. You, yes. But did you have to Google it to, to get a, a sense of what they liked in Indiana or anything?
3: No, I Somebody, knew most of it.
2: I think, I think what they're more focused on is the idea that they definitely didn't spend any time in Pennsylvania. They just, oh, Googled, they just Googled, everything. they Googled fine Pennsylvania foods or what popular Pennsylvania foods and they, whatever came up at the top <laughs> was what they threw into the show. But, you know, I, I don't think that, I don't think that's what you did with your book. not what it sounds like anyway.
0: No. And it's, and, and they go out of their way to specifically mention those sandwiches in the actual show and things like mm-hmm. that. So yeah, it's uh, it's a big pass for me, but watch the parody cause the parody's fun. Interesting. so
2: wait did you so you're warning a show you didn't get through is that what is that what you're warning you're warning oh, you got through the first episode. episode yeah i'm warning.
0: okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm.
2: all right i, was, I didn't i did not i was not quite sure if that's what you were doing or because <laughs> i was like you you got through like half the episode so i guess you're just warning the whole series based on that
3: correct correct mm-hmm. yes okay it does have a terrible terrible title um, um you know Shame that person, whoever came up with that. I'll go. I got to recommend and a record I'll start with the recommend. Uh, my wife and I just recently watched the Netflix original, The Mitchells vs. the Machines. Yeah, I've been hearing oh. a lot about anybody, anybody seen? Anybody seen? I haven't seen it, no. Okay, so this is like an Incredibles family adventure if they never had superpowers. With hmm. a little bit of Big Hero 6 thrown in and occasional Tron vibes. Um, there was a moment about halfway through um, where I paused it and turned to my wife and I said, this is like an Incredibles movie only this is not, the family doesn't have superpowers. In fact, the entire point of this family is that they're the simplest, most mundane broken family that has ever existed. Um, but I got um, shit. Who's the dad, the voice of the Incredibles dad. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. I got Craig T. Nelson vibes uh, from the dad, but it's actually, fuck my life. Uh, (laughs) uh, Eastbound and down. uh, Danny McBride? McBride. Danny McBride. Um, And uh, the basic premise is that um, AI takes over this Apple-like company says, this phone is obsolete. Here's the new product, and it's this robot. Don't worry, they, they won't take over the world, and they immediately take over the world. Like, immediate, He's not even off stage before the robots are taking over the world. And the premise is this family of four um, with some strained relationships uh, are the only four that the robots miss when they're corralling all the humans, and it's up to them to not only escape capture, but also save the world. And I don't really want to say much more than that. Uh, This is uh, Lord and Miller produced, Mm. and you will not be surprised for two reasons. The conclusion does feel similar to the Lego movie Mm. uh, in terms of how it's pulled off. Um, And also the animation style is very unique, much like uh, Into the Spider-Verse. And this is from Sony Animation. Um, And um, not all the jokes land for me. Maybe 80%, 75%. But the ones that do really land. We were laughing a lot. At one point, we were cry laughing at one particular sequence that I'll tell you about later. Well, I'll tell you now. There's a neighbor family they're jealous of. And all throughout the movie, we see examples, usually through flashback, about how this neighbor family is so much better at everything than the Mitchells are. And there's a sequence when the robots are attacking and the neighbor family does this complicated ninja gymnastic routine to like propel each other out the window and into the car and get away. And the the Mitchell's dad is just like, well, let's just do that. And then there's a sequence of them do trying to do that. That had me in tears. Um, (laughs) So And there's some really touching moments. The the father-daughter relationship is really the key focus here. Um, and there's some stuff early on that seems trite that ends up coming back later on uh, with some real weight. Uh, I was super impressed. Two thumbs up. Uh, we really, really enjoyed it. So. Awesome. Is that on uh, Netflix? Yes, it is. Netflix. The Mitchells versus the Machines is pretty short. There is a use of music in the finale that... I adore and I haven't seen anything quite like it. Um and and when you guys see it we'll talk more about it.
0: All right. I'm, I'm, All right. I'm on board for this. <laughs>
2: Um, I'm going to recommend last, last week I recommended take shelter, uh, which, oh, yeah. uh, Jeff, which Jeff Nichols directed. Um, and, uh, and on Facebook, somebody was like, you got to watch midnight special. Jeff Nichols did that too. Oh, this so, is the
3: one I thought you were talking about last oh, week. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, cause it's Michael Shannon's in it, right?
2: Michael Shannon's in this one. Yeah. I've well, seen too.
3: this. Yeah. Let's hear
2: it. Um, uh, midnight special has Michael Shannon, Joel Edgerton, kirsten dunst oh, um yeah uh it's a and it's got uh jaden martell in it uh uh-huh. who's only a year or two before it comes out but is very small compared to what you would think he would be hey, this movie had to have been made like like a couple of years before mm. it came out um but jaden martell plays this kid who has some sort of power they uh we don't know exactly what's going on. It's one of these onion peel movies where you know you see Shannon and Edgerton are 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 driving down the road. They've got the kid in the back. We find out the kid's been kidnapped. Michael Shannon's face is all over the news and they're saying he's very dangerous and everything. Where he's been kidnapped from is a place called the ranch which is some sort of cult-like religious community uh place where they have started taking things that this kid says as actual words of God. Uh, Sam Shepard plays the pastor in um, in this in this uh, uh, it, at this uh, religious place, and there's a bunch of people who are in this church who are like who who believe that on March 6th, if they're with the if they're with the child, they will they will live through whatever's going to happen on this date inner Adam driver from the FBI comes in and he's like, he's saying a bunch of stuff. That's very, it's like top secret government information. How does he know this information? And nobody really knows. They just thought it's, it's something that God is telling him to say and everything. Um, and as we go through this movie, we find out that this kid has something to do with his eyes. If you, and and if it's, if they start glowing or whatever, um, you know, you can look into his eyes and, and you feel a sense of sort of a peace or something, you know, something that uh, it's something that gives them peace. The whenever mm-hmm. they look into his eyes is this glowing thing or whatever. We still don't know whether for a while we don't know whether Shannon and Edgerton are actually like good people for a long time. And it also sets up this thing where they might be good people doing something, something for the right reasons, but they might end up doing a lot of bad stuff to keep that keep uh, their journey going they're going to some place we don't know um in all this and adam driver has to figure this out uh and then at some point shannon and edgerton uh, uh drive to kirsten Dunst's place kirsten dunst and michael shannon used to be married oh. uh they they had this kid uh but uh, the uh uh they know that they have to go to this place and this is where they, you know, they think that they'll be able to save them. So it's, 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 it's a road movie slash FBI chase kind of movie and everything. It starts to lean in pretty hard on the sci-fi and then it kind of dials it back and, and everything. And I can see why this has probably only got a 6.6 on the IMDB because it's kind of, you know, I think a viewer may want to lean into one or the other. Like, is this a, are we saving a kid here or are we leaning into the sci-fi? We're going to get into the sci-fi elements of this and everything, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, this is another one that, you know, I, I know a lot of people have been on the Jeff Nichols bandwagon for a while, especially after mud came out. Mm. Uh, and, uh, uh, but uh, these are three really solid films from him. Mud take shelter and midnight special, uh, are all really good, so uh I'm I'm looking forward to seeing whatever next he comes out with or anything that I haven't seen that he's done.
3: Now I think it was before we were doing recommends and warns, but I saw this movie and talked about it, and I don't remember much. I remember liking it. Is mm-hmm. there a scene like at a gas station where the kid like pulls drones out of the sky or something? Yes. yes. Yeah, I remember liking this movie a lot actually. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you're recommending it. I need to give yeah, it. Yeah, he's look. in the back
2: seat he's in the back seat. Michael Shannon tells him you need to stay in the van. Uh, But he starts detecting something that's definitely uh, observing him. And that's sort of the thing about this kid. Like I, I I'm I'll, I'll keep his power sort of under wraps, but he knows that this thing is this, this is a satellite that's detecting him and he goes out and he starts uh looking up into the sky and then suddenly there's just all these like meteors essentially of a broken satellite or something coming down and raining down on the gas station awesome and they yeah, have to get yeah, the fuck that. out of there mm-hmm.
1: yeah get were the fuck up!
2: you want there? there. check that out
0: uh where would you put this up there with uh the other two that you mentioned because you really like take shelter right
2: yeah yeah i mean this would probably be third out of those those that but his bar is pretty high at this point uh i would say after watching mud and take shelter so i remember this that's movie no, coming that's out. that's no knock against the movie what's up? yeah
0: yeah. i remember this movie coming out i think we may have previewed it on one of our spring yeah. previews or fall previews or whatever it was it's possible and it looked interesting did. uh but i never i don't know just kind of came and went from my consciousness i mm-hmm. I'm, I'm down with michael shannon man i love him mm-hmm. yeah and, and joel edgerton it's good he's i mean good. It,
2: this is that's. a i mean i if there was one thing i wished about this movie is that there would have been an adam driver michael shannon kind of conversation and there <laughs> never was
0: oh um, nice
2: adam driver and joel edgerton have a couple of of moments but they but adam driver and michael shannon together would have been fucking phenomenal have huh? intense yeah. as
1: shit man yeah i'm surprised that, it didn't give happen. Us that.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah interesting that they paired up uh in uh knives out later on Jaden martell mm. and michael shannon <laughs> that's right uh, interesting interesting I've, I've actually got to recommend it's not even a Ooh. record one. It's just on the on the the edge of a record one, and it's the aforementioned "Friends with Benefits." Uh-huh. Um,
1: oh. Oh. oh, had okay. So as Chris and I were
0: talking about before the show, "No Strings Attached" and "Friends with Benefits" came out virtually the same time. Mm-hmm. One stars Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake. That's a "Friends with Benefits," and the "No Strings Attached." Is Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and Nicholas's mm-hmm. future husband? <clears throat> correct, yep. correct. Uh, so I figured, you know, standard rom-com, two hot, two hot people. Uh, again, the the R rating uh, intrigued me, just because I'm almost all of these rom-coms are going to be rated PG thirteen or less, right? Uh, so I was like, well, maybe they can uh, get down and dirty a little bit here. They don't really. Uh, There's no nudity or anything. Yeah, there's barely any nudity, uh, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> but this movie is pretty fun. It's got a really good cast. Besides, and I always think uh, Timberlake can hold his own. But besides Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake, Patricia Clarkson is basically doing her same uh, role as Easy A uh, as the mom. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Jenna Elfman's in there as his uh, sister Richard Jenkins plays Timberlake's father uh, and Woody Harrelson plays his gay sports writer uh, and at the beginning of the movie Andy Samberg and uh, Emma Stone are in there breaking up with them and that that whole uh, you know starts it's <clears throat> the inciting incident now these movies have been made a million times these stories have been told Seinfeld did a friends with benefits storyline that didn't work out. And of course they end up loving each other. No, you know, that's certainly not a spoiler, but the way they go about this, I think is a, is kind of cool.
3: I like, I like how I remember. I liked this movie when I saw it, I remember really liking the little brother kid whose magic tricks keep going wrong. And like (laughs) at one point he sets himself on fire on accident. trying to just light something in his hand i remember that running gag was charming to me um man i like timberlake he always makes me smile so
0: and i love me some mila kunis i mean this is 2011 um there is one running gag of sean white the the snowboarder being like a complete fucking dick (laughs) he goes he goes up to justin timberlake because uh, he's friends with mila kunis's character he goes up to him he's like i'm talking to a fucking dead man right fucking now <laughs> he starts and pulling then, up
2: his hair <laughs> was this around the time that sean white was having all those issues like he was he seemed like he was always getting into trouble
0: yeah yeah, yeah. i think it was around this time yeah uh but this is the uh Oh, actually, No Strings Attached is also rated R, but this is the one to watch between the two of those. It does have some of your standard rom-com things, but I thought it was charming.
3: I I'm just a girl fun. standing in front of a boy whose penis I've seen. That's right. Um, she I got sees a his record penis. Worn, A record mm-hmm. worn. So I'm mm-hmm. bringing you 75% positivity with my two picks today. Um, this is a classic Jeremy, Flipping Channels. Never heard of this movie. Time freak. Well, mm-hmm. the word time in the title is instantly going to attract me. 2018. Mm-hmm. That's pretty recent. And I read the synopsis and it's basically that a guy uses a time machine to go back and try and fix the mistakes he made that caused his girlfriend to break up with him. Now this movie is, I'm going to give it to you straight. This movie is about time, which Barrett can't know. Cause he hasn't seen meets Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind meets Super Bad, only confined by a little too much sugar and a PG-13 rating.
1: Hmm. Mm.
3: So I I flip over just on the synopsis, and the first thing I see is Asa Butterfield, Asa Butterfield. are oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. saying that, and I'm like, holy shit! Like the synopsis on the TV guide usually tells you if somebody famous is in this. And I was like, I know that guy. Next thing I see is his best friend, which is the older brother from Vacation, the Ed Helms movie, who is Will Peltz. Is that right? Hmm. Let me see um, if that's right. I'm I don't know.
2: On I know is Skylar Gazzondo in Vacation?
3: No, not Will Peltz. Yeah, Skylar Gazzondo. Mm-hmm. Oh. Skylar Gazando. Oh, I like that guy. Uh, yeah, he's also in Booksmart. Um, mm-hmm. Right? As the rich the, mm-hmm. guy with the yacht. Yep. So he's the best friend. I'm like, oh, I know that guy. And the girlfriend that's broken up with him is Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's it. I'm watching this fucking movie. Three actors I like. Premise that sounds interesting. Um, I'm going to give you a pretty good synopsis here in a second. But this movie has some really interesting moments and some cool ideas in how to play with this concept. So basically it starts with a text he gets a breakup text from sophie turner they've been dating for like a year he's also happens to be a goodwill hunting level student physicist and so after getting dumped he creates a time machine because that's what you do <clears throat> <laughs> and he and his friend uh skylar Gazondo, um uh sit down and watch through photos this is apple computer i don't know the photos of the key moments they try to identify where he fucked up enough that he has to go back with this time machine and fix it um and the movie does these fun little flashbacks where you see these moments where they either had a fight or he said something stupid and put his foot in his mouth there's a very funny one where he shows him his favorite movie ever her and her friends and it's fictional um and yes, they turn Captain it on. yeah they turn it off and nobody liked it and he's so offended that he ends up going off uh and ends up saying something about donkey slapping and then offends sophie turner and he ends up saying i don't even know what donkey slapping means there are fun moments here all right so then his friend uh we'll just call him evan instead of saying gazando every time uh evan does not believe the time travel exists and so willingly gets in the machine with his friend on a lark. And this is all powered by uh, Butterfield's cell phone. Uh, His name is Stillman. Stillman's cell phone. He can control the time machine from any time with the cell phone. So he punches in. We're going to go to this first fuck up that I had in this relationship. It's actually the first day they ever meet. Anyway, he proceeds to um, humorously mess up some situations even worse fix some of the situations as they go. There's one moment on a roof where she turns and looks at him and has this smile. And he loves the moment so much that he just keeps repeating it. And then it cuts to Evan who's in an elevator and he keeps repeating this elevator ride where somebody (laughs) farts on him. Somebody hits him with a (laughs) scarf and somebody (laughs) steps on his shoe. And by the end of it, he's fucking screaming. He thinks the time machine is broken Um, So there are ways that it plays with the concept that I kind of appreciated. And another thing I appreciated is that uh, unlike about time where he similarly manipulates his way into that relationship from the get-go, just going back in time and redoing things. And the movie looks the other way. This movie sort of calls this character to task for doing this and the crisis in their relationship towards the end, the end of getting married um, is when he realizes she's not happy And the reason is there's there's zero conflict in her life. There's zero reason for her to be pushed in any direction whatsoever because he has used this time machine to keep going back and fixing all the little times they argued or things that she was unhappy. And ultimately, he has robbed her of her own individual choice by fixing his own mistakes. So there's some really interesting ideas here at play. Um... It's just a little cloying and the performances aren't all great. There are times where Sophie Turner sounded American to me and times where she sounded British to me. (laughs) Um, And there are times where it steps in the cliches that you might expect here or there, but I wasn't bored. I had a good time watching it. Um, And the parts where it was supposed to make me laugh generally did. Uh, And I had a good time, not a very long movie, like 104 minutes. Uh, So it's a wreck of worn in that it's not great, but Eureka in that it's got a cool concept that does some interesting things with romantic time travel. So mm. like, is it mostly comedy? It's, it veers into comedy. That's why I included Superbad in that collection, because there are moments where uh, it wants to be that. They go to this party. It wants to, it wants to lean into that R-rated high school party comedy, uh, but it can't. And yeah. so the big joke with Evan is that his hair ends up, Falling out. And so when they go back in time, he keeps trying to find ways to put Rogaine in his hair or what have you, so that he can have more hair in the future when they go forward. Um <clears throat> anyway, I enjoyed it. So there you go. It's a record award Nice. Right. It's on Hulu right now.
0: Hulu. Hulu. Um
1: all
2: right. Uh I'm gonna recommend a documentary called Ooh. Long Shot. It is not Seth Rogan Charlie's Theron movie um uh it's a 40 minute documentary you may have heard of a um a guy who was accused of a murder and curb your enthusiasm somehow uh came to the rescue with the footage that they had shot on this one day that had that this murder happened and everything Uh this documentary is about that um Ah. and uh talks to the people talks to the guy who who uh who got arrested um uh, let me get his name real quick uh his name is uh is Juan Catalan uh he says that you know he 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 goes into work one day his dad is already there doing something and then like people just start running out of a truck and and surround him and arrest him and telling him that he's 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 uh you know um accused of murder and everything and of course the questions were very leading when he got into the actual um when he got into the interrogation um the detectives were very much convinced that this guy was it because of one witness who uh who saw it and who gave uh, gave them a sketch and it looks exactly like him and everything but it's like you know it's in the dark it's all sorts of there's all sorts of things wrong with a, a you know an artist sketch that you can just come up with somebody's identi- ID from that and everything. Um but it's uh, you know it's forty minutes. Like I said, it's really interesting like that he hires this lawyer who goes through like tons of footage from Dodger Stadium that day. Mm. Uh trying to find this guy. They have the tickets. They know which seats he was in, all this, uh goes through all this footage and and um and uh he he's uh He's, a, I don't know if he finds much in that, but then they, then he calls the Curb your, Enthu- your Enthusiasm producers. And at first, Curb Your Enthusiasm was like, cause they, cause you know, they don't know what the fuck. It could be any crank asshole saying, no. like, hey, I want to see your Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> but, um, uh, he's, they're, they're like, we don't usually like let anybody see this stuff until we're done with the episode and everything. But I guess he was convincing enough that he, he's going through like six tapes full of like, all this you know just like shots of like uh bob einstein who's in the episode and and uh uh, and uh and larry david and uh all this just just random uh stuff and he's like man i went through like four of these tapes and i was really getting disheartened uh because i didn't see anything but it's 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 just interesting that this guy remembers he thinks i think they were shooting something that day i don't know Hmm. and and and, um. and that's not the full story. Um, the, you know, it, it's, it's funny to say, but the curb your enthusiasm thing does not in of itself, get him off of this murder right away. It does set an established, it does establish some things, but, uh, it does, it doesn't completely exonerate him. So, uh, it's worth watching just for the, that fascination. And then what actually does, uh, convince, uh, Uh, people to you know not to to say that he's not the guy and everything um so uh so yeah long shot it's on netflix uh very very easy watch there 40 minutes
3: very intriguing Uh, i'm gonna have to watch that
0: yeah 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 Yeah. did they could they use the curb footage in this documentary
3: yes they
2: did and uh, they even have larry david come on and it's what's really funny about the larry david coming on is the lawyer says something like he obviously is not like a guy who knows movies and TV shows and everything. He goes, he goes, um, he's like, uh, we, uh, and you know, th- a lot of this footage has this, you know, this huge mega star in it and everything. And it goes immediately to Larry David. He's like, he was very right to call me a megastar. That, that was one thing you absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, they even have him on there. So it's, uh, it's really good. It, I, I, I like the humanization of stories like this because yeah. when you hear this story, it's like, oh, that's weird. Curb your enthusiasm. Got that guy off. But in the background, there's a guy who's been falsely accused, whose mm-hmm. life has been turned upside down because of one fucking sketch somebody you know did and like you know that's a whole that's a whole thing that adds a lot of drama to the story so uh i highly recommend it
3: remember Uh, that time that dude was running from cops after a robbery turned the corner onto a law and order set but thought they were real cops so he dropped his gun and gave himself up and they held him until the real cops got there
2: <laughs> That's I don't, a true I don't story. think I ever heard that. I think I've that heard really that. Happened. That's hilarious. <laughs> it really happened, man. That's crazy. <laughs> I need to look that up. Um, you know, they uh, give that
3: guy shit in prison. Like, ha <laughs> he surrendered <laughs> to, to actors.
2: Yep. All right, everybody. It's time to talk about Better Help. Better, Better, help.
0: Help. Better help. What's in a name? It's a perfect name. Better mm-hmm. Help. Uh, Jeremy and I were just talking in the pre show about how drastically our moods and mental health have changed since we've gotten vaccinated. I can't tell you how much it affected me. It was the weight of the world off of my shoulders, Uh, had a real rough time during the pandemic. And once I got, I I lucked out and got the J and J shot before, you know, everybody started dying. Um, (laughs) So I just had the one shot and, man, that day I was feeling, well, two weeks later, I was just feeling on top of the world. Now, it, I'm still masking. I'm still being responsible. Uh, my child is not vaccinated yet, so there are still some precautions. But, man, it, it's amazing how this did affect your mental health. And when, when you have gone through something like that, it makes you realize how crucial it is to take care of your mental health. Uh, and the way that I've done that is uh, going to BetterHelp. Uh, having regular sessions with my licensed professional counselor and shout out to Ann who's put up with my BS for over a year. Uh, and I've worked through a bunch of things and there's still work to do. Uh, and I, I couldn't have done it without BetterHelp. I don't think.
3: Yeah. I think that um, one of the best aspects of BetterHelp is the convenience uh, and flexibility, right? Because I'm looking at, um, <clears throat> returning to in-person therapy in the near future. And there mm-hmm. is a part of my lazy brain that goes, I'm going to have to make sure I'm showered and wearing a clean shirt and presentable every time I go in there. And that is just simply not the case with BetterHelp. I hate to appeal to you. <laughs> I mean, make sure to put you, a shirt on before you do a video. Well, show. listen, hear me out. Uh, you can do therapy with BetterHelp in your pajamas, if you choose chat or messaging or phone call uh, and if you want to do a video chat, you can be like Tom Holland and wear a, you know, like a t shirt and a suit coat, and then just you know don 't show from the waist below and you 've got you know <laughs> your boxers on or what have you um, it's the flexibility I think that makes it even better than in person therapy in many ways yeah. uh, because it 's completely up to you when it happens uh, and how it happens. And, uh, I just think that, uh, that flexibility should draw you in if you've been curious. Uh, and I think you'll be sold.
0: You know, uh, I'm almost spoiled. Like the thought of actually going to in-person therapy (laughs) makes me terrified right now, uh, for many reasons. Now, if you listener are going to traditional therapy, in-person therapy, do not mess with that. We want to keep that going. Uh, but if you haven't uh, taken the experience of exploring your mental health and bettering yourself, go to BetterHelp.com slash SYNCAST. Uh, you get a, a, a discount on your first month there. Uh, you've heard us talk about it. If you've been waiting to – some of the things we we're talking about today is why we decide to do things, why we decide to watch a movie. Uh, if you've been waiting to sign up for BetterHelp, let this be the one. This is the one that gets through and go to better help.com slash syncast today.
2: Uh, going back through the list here, uh, Barrett warned mayor of East town, um, murder, murder, M a R E. Every, every time the show comes up, I think of that, uh, Jeremy Irons thing and die hard with a vengeance where he's pretending to be that, that, uh, wall street guy or that, the guy cleaning up stuff at you know, on wall street. And he's like, he's like, wow, you, you guys got here really fast. He goes, well, you know, it's wall street, sir. Lots of money here. A lot of people, the mayor doesn't want to piss off. You know, that's (laughs) what I think of every time mayor of East town comes up. Uh, you also, uh, also record warned friends with benefits. Um, one of the many movies in 2011 that was about two friends getting it, getting it on. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It was only two, but you know, it seemed like a million. Um, uh jeremy uh recommended the mitchells versus the machines which is on Netflix. yeah
0: yeah I, this and, is a good uh, round by the way i'm gonna watch a lot of these recommendations
2: yeah <laughs> um he warned time freak which is on hulu um and uh i recommended midnight special jeff nichols movie from 2016 starring michael shannon and joel edgerton and recommended long shot the documentary uh about uh, uh the guy who was at Dodger Stadium uh when he got and then he got accused of murder and Curb your enthusiasm murder. came to save the day um but uh yeah there you go recommends warrants uh do we have some time Up. for questions question question i got something to say
1: i am listening
0: here's the first one i just watched the lord of the rings trilogy in 4k Ooh, i bet that's nice Ooh. Mm. and was reminded how beautiful the film looks absolutely right uh, my question is what do you think are the most beautifully shot films of all time regardless of the movie's overall quality interesting question
2: mm. um i mean the stuff like the third man and odd man out the carol reed movies uh carol reed uh shot this with uh, cinematographer Robert Krasker uh, Mm. on both in both instances. Robert Krasker, I think has was only nominated one time in his career, but he's made some of the most like uh, like uh, insanely beautiful movies. But those two came up in, in my head. Uh, uh, He won the Oscar for the third man, Robert Krasker did. Um, uh, Apocalypse Now. uh, uh, Vittorio Storaro. Uh, he he won the first of three Oscars for this for this movie. But uh Vittorio Storaro also did the Conformist, which I talked about on the uh movie uh last week. Um uh but uh he, that's amazing. Um and then yeah, I, I don't really like Prometheus, but um but Darius Wolski Darius volsky did the uh uh cinematography. It looks amazing. Almost all Ridley Scott movies look amazing. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Uh, but he also did. Uh, he did. He got his first nomination for News of the World. He also did The Martian. He did Crimson Tide, um, and uh, anything Roger Deakins does. Um, yeah. uh, Jeremy picked uh, another movie. I'll go with Fargo. Uh, uh for roger deacons uh deacons famously did not get nominated for a really long time for some stupid shit well actually he may have gotten nominated but he didn't win for he didn't that. win
0: anything right yeah yeah, yeah yeah
2: he never won and then he finally won a couple years ago so
3: nice. that's good stuff that's good stuff i did not do anywhere near as much research as chris <laughs> uh, I that was my able- that was my goal <laughs> I will not be able to give you all of the cinematographers who made these movies so beautiful. Um, but the first one that I thought of when I read the question was *Brokeback Mountain*, mm-hmm. um, and there are moments in the first half of that movie that are pure nature porn in the best sense of the word, um, and the the backdrop that that sets the relationship that unfolds uh, <clears throat> anyway gorgeous cinematography reminds me a lot of the writer Chloe Zhao's work before Nomad Nomadland um, <clears throat> she's doing Eternals next and yeah, yeah. Uh, I also wrote down uh, Interstellar mm-hmm. um, which is a movie that despite some of it being like fictional like planets and shit still manages to look like that ice planet where they find Matt Damon is stunning. Like the, the visuals are just incredible. And then the last one I wrote down was when we talked about very recently last week, uh, the new world from, um, Mm -hmm. uh, Malick, Terrence Malick, uh, and starring Colin Farrell and, um, Batman. Um, it's, uh, Gorgeous. Now, Terrence Malick movies are usually gorgeous, but to me, often gorgeous plus boring, whereas the New World manages to be uh, engaging while being gorgeous. Uh, And it really makes you feel like somehow he went back in time to film the East Coast, you know, in the 1700s before it was touched by all this civilization and whatnot. (laughs) It makes you feel like you're there. It's good shit.
2: The, yeah the guy who did the new world is emmanuel lubeski and i i'm oh, yeah. not i'm not uh pronouncing his name right i know but he's been nominated a million times and he's won three oscars he won for oh, wow. uh he won for gravity he won for birdman he won for the revenant uh but oh, he was nominated three. for yeah he was nominated for the new world children of men tree of life sleepy hollow and a little princess uh, which yeah little princess is uh is amazing uh to look at too a lot of so he worked of Cuaron.
0: with coron right yeah i guess yeah. a lot
2: of any a lot of any in there too birdman
0: yeah. um, is any right yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, it was,
2: uh, so is revenant um but uh yeah that guy's won three oscars so yeah he's he's definitely up there i think uh, rodrigo prieto did the uh, first one that you were talking about which one was that first one
3: that was uh broadback broke back mountain. Broke back mountain. <laughs>
2: he's been he's been he's been nominated uh three times uh in his life. And the nice. other guy is a is a Nolan regular. Yeah. Like Nolan's like personal guy almost. So
0: Well speaking of that guy, uh Rodrigo Pietro, blah, 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 blah. Uh he also did the cinematography for a Tommy Lee G, G- <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Lee, Lee G <laughs> <laughs> a Tommy Lee Jones joint called The Homesman. Uh mm. that's the one that stars Tommy Lee and Hilary Swank. And I've talked about that movie before in the context of a movie ad. Uh mm-hmm. but that movie is gorgeous. Jeremy, this movie is so right up your alley that it's it's already Uh, in your driveway. James Spader's in it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jimmy Spade. Exactly. Uh, So yeah, I would highly recommend that movie and it's gorgeous to look at. Uh, I'd also put The Shining in there for a different reason. Obviously, you do get the sweeping shot uh, as you come in uh, uh, up the uh, road to the overlook. But everything, and we know so much about it now, everything in that hotel or set was so perfectly staged uh it is it it's genius filmmaking i think uh it's it's rare that you see an actual work of genius where every single facet of the film is so meticulously
2: the guy who did uh, the shining is john alcott and he uh, he won for barry Lyndon. he didn't he's that's the only nomination and he won Mm. for barry Lyndon.
0: yeah well and kubrick too he never got nominated did he? he never won
2: no no i don't think so
0: yeah so uh that's a beautiful one i'm gonna shout out uh, a movie that we watched very recently that has a very unique style of cinematography it's a movie called take out girl uh which is coming out soon chris like this week Are you- yeah
2: if it isn't out already
0: yeah yeah, yeah. uh take out girl is a really interesting movie uh about a a young woman that gets involved in seedier aspects of her uh, hometown uh gets in with the wrong crowd but uh Hassani, uh mustafa johnson who uh who shot the movie or who directed the movie has a really unique he called it guerrilla uh type of filmmaking very unique style that's very close up very handheld and there's one shot uh during uh, you know a climactic argument uh, towards the end of the movie where it just looks really cool it's very circular and it's spinning around but not in a nauseating way and we found out how he did that uh -hmm. which made it even cooler uh so i would recommend that one uh it is definitely beautifully shot uh apparently it was like 130 degrees out too and you wouldn't (laughs) you wouldn't notice Uh,
2: by the way um uh kubrick i think as director was nominated four times and he was um he was nominated for a lot of other stuff too, like screenplay, best picture. He was always the producer on these pictures and special effects. He hmm. he he got nominations for that as well. I'm trying to see if he he won for 2001. Um, it may oh, but not as director, right? No, no, no. 2001, and he won for special effects. But um, that was his only win was for special effects in crazy. 2001.
0: Can you imagine um, Stanley fucking Kubrick and won. <laughs> What did he win for? Special effects. (laughs) Yeah,
2: that seems right.
0: World building in movies is generally reserved for franchises such as Harry Potter, Star Wars, etc. I find myself impressed when a one-off movie can build its own fictional world. What is your favorite built world in a standalone movie? This person uh, would probably be the world and mythology of Kubo and the Two Strings. Great great pick.
2: I like that a lot uh i thought scott pilgrim versus the world even though it's based on comic books and everything uh really does a a lot with its world building Mm -hmm. and um i think it did a really good job you know what's interesting i thought airplane i think airplane does a great job of world building too and and hear me out imagine and this is the same the same thing goes for naked gun top secret any of these kind of movies Imagine being in a world where so many ludicrous things happen and nobody finds them funny.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. There's not that's, one piece of laughter in there, right?
2: That's re- yeah, nobody smiles, nobody like has like nobody laughs or anything. That's their reality, is weird shit happening and people saying really fucked up things. <laughs> Without, without you know, even giving it a second thought. So, I thought that I mean, That's it an was interesting. To me.
3: Yeah, I like that. Um, <clears throat> Downsizing. Yeah. Um, wow, is yeah. Is a movie that I thought, okay, first of all, I thought it was going to be amazing, and most of his movies are great, and this movie's ultimately trying to do too many things, and yeah. it, it fails at doing any one of them uh, very well. But, I thought at first it was just going to be giant, small jokes. And even though that is kind of the underlying basis of most of the world building, uh, they, you do a lot of really creative stuff with it that I wasn't expecting. Um, and, uh, they don't always telegraph it. Like when he shows up to that party at that apartment and he's holding a single rose, And it takes up his whole hands like it's a huge bouquet, but it's just a single rose from the real size world. Uh, Little touches like that. And it goes on throughout the film. Even once the film veers wildly into like refugee rescue and we're doing the Three Kings now, it still has a lot of that um, creative, uh, non-cutesy miniature stuff going on uh, for you to watch. I've seen it like two times now, even though I haven't liked it, as a movie (laughs) i I like looking at it yeah
2: Yeah. i was about to ask you if you liked it or not i will say i love hong chow in that movie Mm -hmm. yeah she's so good that's the main reason to watch downsizing is her uh at first you're like i don't know where the fuck she's coming from but then as it goes further on into the movie um you really start appreciating what she's doing there um that movie feels like it it should have been great.
0: I know. I know. Oh, it's, it's so disappointing. Awesome idea. Yeah.
3: Awesome idea. Great yeah.
0: characters, great actors. They've got that one beautifully timed gag where the, uh, the door to the cave, uh, explodes, but it's <laughs> yeah. miniature. So when right. it comes out, you see all these people in full scale and when it comes out, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh there are a couple that uh, sprang to mind. I'm not quite sure about this movie. I think I like it. Alita Battle Angel. Um, I
3: like it. Yeah, good I answer. I, I think I
0: like it. Uh now I think there's probably plans for more sequels or for more movies like this. Uh but man, I I thought this was really cool in the world that they uh they present. Um mm-hmm. it's uh it's an animation style over who's the woman again is it rose um,
3: salazar
0: rosa salazar yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, hans landa is her dad um christopher Walt not christopher christoph waltz. waltz christoph waltz um and it sets up um you know i don't want to spoil the ending for you if you haven't seen it already uh but it does set up a interesting Uh, potential for sequels at the very very end uh, in a in a very famous person that you see at the very end
3: that movie Uh, is all world building and that's maybe its only detriment is that is the story ends up feeling secondary and small uh, because so much detail uh, is there in the background every every bit of that feels like another place another world another planet um and that's part of why i think that movie's so visually interesting that and then it does some really cool fight choreography i don't know how much of it is being done with uh cgi or how much of it is like motion capture uh but the fight scenes are really i like that movie i i think it's a sleeper cult hit in the future if it's not already one and maybe they'll get to make another one this was rodriguez and um jimmy cameron cameron yeah Mm -hmm. so a couple heavy hitters here and uh i know the people that love it really want more but yeah i liked it yeah i could dig this i i dug this movie quite a bit chris did you like
0: it
2: uh i watched it i watched it in theaters when it came out and i was shocked at how much you guys liked it but really it had yeah I, i i didn't think it was bad by any stretch um, but I don't remember liking it too much. I can't. Even, I think we did a mini pot on this. Yes, yeah, yeah. And watch, watch. I'm like, I'll, 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 it'll, I'll have given it an A or something. <laughs> I like them completely forgotten about what <laughs> what I felt about the movie. But uh, I, I, I don't, I don't remember liking it too much. I mean, I think I gave it a B though. I think I gave it a B. It's not a
0: home run. It's not even even as ambitious as it is. Jeremy's right in saying that you know it doesn't quite connect story wise. Uh, mm. But I love the world building in that, uh, and I, I like where it could go afterwards, too. Uh, and the other one that I was going to say uh, is uh, a nightmare before, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, mm. Think about mm. all the world building they had to do with Halloween Town and Christmas Town, and they didn't even explore the other Thanksgiving Town and St. Patrick's Day Town and all that one stuff. One has a bunny, I think. Yes, mm-hmm. Easter Town mm-hmm. booty, booty. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, you think about like exploring a world of Oogie Boogie and Lock Stock and Barrel, or isn't that the 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 three little shits? What uh, is the
3: Lock Stock and Crate and Barrel? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, the three little cretins, uh and how how that even functions in this world you know the doctor being the doctor and creating his uh his uh Catherine O'Hara uh it's just a lot of fun and I would love to see spend more time in that world of that sort of animation that's totally Tim Burton even though Henry Selick directed it um and I gotta tell you I didn't really like James and the Giant Peach all that much uh and that had a very similar style Uh, so I think it's just this world and these characters that i would like to to spend more time with
2: yeah i think henry selick was was part of both of these movies it was mm-hmm. just that tim burton was like threw his name all over nightmare before christmas I mean, <laughs> he sure james did <laughs> james and the giant peach yeah i'm not gonna be a part of this shit um he, he didn't have
0: anything to do with that right i don't, I don't think so. so i don't think so either well, this is appropriate uh, to get done in a hurry anyway. I work two jobs. I am married and I have kids. I tend to stay pretty busy, uh, but I find that I pretty often have, around, have an hour and a half uh, between when my wife and kids go to bed and when I need to go to bed where I try to watch a movie to switch my brain's gears. My question is, what are some of the best movies that sit right around that 90-minute run time? A couple of recent ones I have watched are Swingers and Annie Hall, mm-hmm. uh, which you guys have talked a lot about on the podcast. Those are great fall asleep right before oh. or watch right before bed movies.
2: Yeah, and I think the only reason Annie Hall is as short as it is is because he, he had allegedly had a murder mystery that it became yeah. the uh, basis for Manhattan murder mystery later on. But yeah. Uh, But yeah, those are two good ones. I put down Office Space... Um, a history mm. of violence is a movie that is surprisingly 90 minutes, uh, mm-hmm. uh, before sunset, one of the before movies from Richard Linglatter, um, is, that is, the first uh, one? is uh, before sunrise is the first one. Okay. And then, um, and then it's, God, is it, Oh, it's before it's before sunset is the second one Okay, that I consider the best one. And then yeah. mi- and before uh, midnight is the third one. Okay. Um, but uh, before sunset, it's got kind of that awesome. You're gonna miss that plane thing. That's right. That's, that's right. That's and if them. you want to go into some real classics here, Ingmar Bergman's The Seventh Seal is an hour and a half. If you nice. if you've ever never seen The Seventh Seal, you and you've heard the synopsis, you'd swear that's like a two and a half an hour two and a half hour movie but it's an hour and
0: a half. So. I've never seen that. Uh it that's a classic though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm going to give you a varied selection, dear listener, who only has 90 minutes. Um <clears throat> Source Code is Ooh. an hour and 33 minutes, so if you mm-hmm. turn it off when the credits roll, you'll be good. This is Love Jake me some Gillenhall, Source Code. Um Jake Gyllenhaal and uh Michelle Monaghan and it's a really interesting take on uh, almost as interesting a take on the Groundhog Day thing as something like Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then the way it ends up, uh, once you learn the whole science of what's happening and then the, the ending itself, which I won't spoil a uh, really solid time travel-y train explosion thriller. Um, I'm also going to give you some film school. You can uh, watch Kurosawa's Rashomon. It's an hour and 28 minutes. Uh Um, And uh, this is a movie, this is the quintessential movie about perspective and how facts or reinterpreting, uh, retelling of an event change depending on the viewpoint of the person doing the telling. Uh, Really good shit. And then if you want to grip the edge of your seat for 90 minutes, I'm going to give you gravity. Which yeah. Is <laughs> You'll minutes. have a panic attack. before. Yeah. You- <laughs> and, you know, God bless that movie for not being any longer because it puts <laughs> you through the ringer. It um, does. But there you go.
0: Those are my answers. <clears throat> nice. I have Legally Blonde, which is uh svelte uh, 96 minutes. Um, mm. And then my other two are a little bit longer, but they don't feel like it. Chef is actually 114 minutes but man that feels like a stiff breeze going doesn't by.
3: count fucker doesn't count <laughs> cheater 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 fucker cheater, cheater i was surprised to
0: learn that that was uh that was longer I would be than surprised
2: that. about that as well because uh, yeah. i thought if you'd asked me i would have said it was an hour and a half
1: as well
0: but it's also a nice movie to wind you down because there's nothing to it whatsoever except for mm-hmm. just beautiful food and beautiful people and mm-hmm. john favreau fucking everybody that's right uh Legally Blonde is, all, is always fun. Uh, it's a delight to watch. And those two are on, on Netflix, by the way. And I also, at 100 Minutes, is a movie that I've talked about before Night and Day. Knight yeah. and Day mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Cruise and.
3: Night and Day. Charles
0: Cameron Angeles. Diaz. Cameron Diaz. And Riley not- from Buffy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That movie's not Directed perfect, but man, it's so much Jimmy fun. Jimmy Mangold. That's right. It's Ginny so mango. much more. My, uh, my kid actually just watched that recently, and he was like, why does he keep drugging her? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question.
3: <laughs> that's like, a yes, solid question.
0: That's the correct question to ask. Thank it's you. It's not
3: behavior that should be acceptable, <laughs> no. I guess it's better
2: than her saying that she's drank his cum before. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: oh jesus oh christ oh, jesus. oh um, all right what an ending <laughs> on that note yep <laughs> all right
2: uh that's gonna do it for uh this week uh, keep going to Syncast presented by cinema sins on facebook uh we're also on cinema twitter music video Sins twitter uh soundcloud and discord if you want to get on discord you can go to the facebook uh the facebook i've never dropped the right. facebook go to the facebook and uh Duh. and uh message me and i'll give you a link uh there um and uh yeah that's gonna do it for this week it's chris and jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time
0: thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube twitter facebook and reddit and be sure to visit com. every once
2: in a while take it down yeah yeah. um yeah and put it back up yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'll take, take it down real take it down real slow
3: like chris did oh. you see the uh the the news about the cartoon movies um they're gonna do aqua teen hunger force uh venture brothers and metal apocalypse oh metal that you like that one right oh yeah so they're gonna make movies on all three that'll it'll premiere on blu-ray and dvd and then end up on hbo i guess so. oh sweet oh, yeah. that'll be oh, awesome yeah. they've they've yeah.
2: been people have been clamoring mm-hmm. for uh, a new season of metal for a long time because uh they didn't really finish the story even though they had like i don't know five seasons or something and uh and and they and Adult Swim and Cartoon Network's kind of been dicks about it, too. Like, people, like, you know, their little bumps that they like to do in oh, between? Oh, yeah. They're like, a lot of you are asking about the new Metalocalypse season. <laughs> well, you ain't going to get it. You're not going to get one. <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, fuck it. I mean, you you ended it on some, like, off-the-wall cliffhanger. How the fuck in the world are you going to treat people that way? And I guess I guess I mean I guess though though that that show never did anything for them, but still.
3: um wow. And I'm, yet I've been growing the hair on top of my head for fifteen <laughs> months, which I've ne- never done.
1: So, a bit of a
3: Are you going to get a cut? What? I'm debating. Here's the deal: my hair is very fine, like it's very thin, which means mm-hmm. it doesn't have volume, and I'm afraid that even if I get it professionally styled, I'm going to look like young Willie Nelson or (laughs) that guy at the pawn shop. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't think it's going to look good. I think I've, I've had fun. I think I'm chasing a stupid dream. But I do want to go into a stylist and say, let's say we keep half of this length because it's probably about eight or nine inches long now. Oh, yeah. What, <clears throat> let's say we keep half of this length. Uh, what can we do and go from there? That would still be a brand new hairstyle for me. So, How long? Let me see. Let me see it. Oh, Jesus. We're going to do this. I'm just curious. It's
0: only the top and the sides. Oh, that's right, because he did the 25-year-old haircut. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. When you put it down (laughs) What? When you put it down, you do look like young Willie Nelson.
3: Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you very much. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do.
2: I'm sure my hairstylist is going to be like, what the fuck did you do?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to get the same. I used (laughs) clippers.
2: You didn't know what you were doing in the back, did you? No. (laughs) (laughs) No.
3: (laughs) Yeah, by the way, you jumped in before I could do my girlfriend from college joke about... you didn't know what you were doing in the back there, did you? No. <laughs> oh <laughs> nice, nice. Very remember, nice.
1: <laughs> I remember, man,
2: I was I was just thinking about this this last week. It's weird, like how when I was working at Williamson Square, the girls there, man, would just tell you anything about their fucking sex lives. It was unbelievable. Nice. Like I, I was I was like, what what happened to that era, man? <laughs> This girl was telling this. Oh, she's beautiful. She she was like telling me about her boyfriend. Like, yeah, like uh, like like one time he accidentally got in my butt, and I was like, what?
0: <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> well, I won't say who this is because you'd both know him. But a friend of mine uh, was talking about one of his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs>
3: fucked <laughs> that guy There's only like a handful of people that could be.
0: I'm like, I'm back in, and I was like, you know, okay, this is good. Look down, I'm in her butt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look
2: down. <laughs> like,
0: down. wait a minute,
2: this conspicuously doesn't feel like a fist at all.
3: <laughs> I have never been compelled to talk like that. To other <laughs> men about my sex life, uh, never mm-hmm. oh, once, really? ever. No, I'm not. I've never been that. I've never been part of that crowd. The uh, mm. you have to get orgy clothes. You have, you have to get all new <laughs> friends. You have to get orgy friends. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, if it's a new experience, like uh, you know, I expected all of my friends, if if and when they had threesomes, to tell me, and mm. I did the same. So, but what good is a threesome if you can't tell anybody besides those two other people? Mm, that was like that's the true. That's a, a brag good point.
3: Ever there was hardly any humble in that brag. It's almost all brag. <laughs> what was what was the brag? I
0: was talking about the other guys telling me.
3: But you you told them when you had a threesome. You just casually mentioned I did that. I did it for them. I figure it's a rite of passage. Doesn't everybody have threesomes? <laughs> No, now there's no humble left at all. Yeah. <laughs> all brag.
2: No, hundred and
3: ten percent brag.
2: No,
0: nope.
3: dude.
2: Hannibal Burris has a great threesome story, by the way. Really, <laughs> that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty funny stretch of jokes he has when he talks really? about threesome. Yeah, yeah.
0: I got everything that he does, I find hilarious. But mm. for some reason, I don't really check him out very often.
2: I don't know if he if he goes out there like a lot of co- comics do and tries to come out with a new hour every year or anything like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: and and there may have been some signs like towards the last one where he was like maybe searching for material and wasn't as funny as he was. But man, I keep thinking of like stuff that he's done on on. on I've got a lot. I've got three of his albums on my phone, and
3: God, huh. yeah, there's some real funny things. Like I think. You need to examine your choices in life. <laughs> I,
0: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell that story then, because you'll definitely know who it is. But <laughs> there was there was a summer. Where there was know. a lot of that going on.
3: I don't want to know, man. I don't want to know.
0: It's a fugazi. It's a fugazi. It's a wazi. It's a woozy.